Glory, glory, glory. Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Well, I had a visitation from God this morning. An angel came with blueberry pancakes. I don't know how God knew that, but uh, an angel came and brought me blueberry pancakes and bacon, and, and uh, she was a pretty little angel, too. <laughs> I couldn't eat all of them, no, Tiffy, I couldn't eat all of them, couldn't do it. Mom wouldn't help me, neither. Matter of fact, she's telling me I shouldn't be eating them. I ate them babies. Tonight, we're going to continue. What's that noise? Sound like a little fire burning, didn't it? <laughs> we're going to continue in our... Uh, subject on jealous God. Is that all right? Last night, I gave a tongue and interpretation of tongues. And I was talking with Pastor Jonathan afterwards, and I said, I've, I've not heard that terminology, uh, season of fulfillment. That just really stuck out. And <clears throat> today, when I was, uh, you know, just spending time with the Lord while you were out at SeaWorld, on the beach, out by the pool, and Anyways, that's what that's, that's all right. Enjoy yourself. I'm 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 working. This is my job, right? And I enjoy it. But I was quickened and I don't do this. My wife will tell you she'll get in the car on the way into a a service and she'll have on her phone, somebody preaching, and I'll have to tell her shut it off. I can't, I can't listen to other. Even though the what she's listening to is great stuff, nothing opposed to that. I just can't open my spirit up to that because I'm about to teach or release something. So it's very rare that I listen to anyone during the day. Uh, as far as uh, preaching is concerned. And uh, today, I was quickened to listen to, you understand quickened? Those are, those are those little nudges that if you'll pay attention to, they'll, they'll get very clear to you after a while. And, and, and you'll know, okay, okay, see? And uh, it was Hank Kuhneman on uh, Elijah's dreams uh, yesterday. And I was ast astounded at what I'm listening to. He's talking about 
a season of fulfillment. And uh, the unmasking and so on and so forth. And uh, I was like, what? And uh, that interview was yesterday. So it was the same day that we were here. And if you go back, uh, Tiffy sent me that uh, prophecy and Kirkland sent me the audio uh, format of that. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that and read it because in it, uh, everything that was being prophesied, Hank Kuhneman was saying the same verse. Pastor Jonathan watched it. I, I, I texted Pastor Jonathan. I said, you need to check this out uh, because this season of fulfillment, uh, you know, the Lord said in what he gave me was first a blade, then the ear. Now it's time for the fulfillment of what we've stood on, what we've sown for. And, uh, you know, the water's been boiling, and the end is near. And so uh, <clears throat> I want to, before I get in the Word tonight, I want to show you something, uh, you Frankfurt folk. Uh, you may not be aware of what's going on back home. You Florida folk are privileged to be under a governor that is a Christian and that doesn't buy into all the uh, media mess that's going on out there. But we don't have that. We got it. We got. We got an illegal governor up there, Squeaky by name. And uh, he took it upon himself to attack the church of the living God. And uh, not only that, but to attack our church. And uh, put me on the front page of his liberal newspaper, right, to try to shut us down. And uh, anyways, we've been under that tyrant uh, ever since he uh, was illegally elected. And so uh, we've been believing, we've been standing, and uh, some things happened yesterday that I want you to see. Uh, and you Florida folk, you ought to be glad because you're coming up there for the camp meeting. <laughs> you <laughs> it's going it's gonna to be a easier road for you all, right? But this thing went to the court system, all right? So, uh, Kirkland, can you roll that back there? Y'all all right? You Florida people, you just you just uh, uh, get happy with with us, all right? Hello, patriots, and welcome again to Patriot Point, where we give you the news that the mainstream media doesn't necessarily tell you about. Because there's a lot of things they don't want you to know about. And that's something that we're covering this week in two great big news stories. The first one, a few weeks ago I said that all of Andy Bashir's mandates are going before the court to find out if they are legal or not. That I would report to you what that court case decided, whether it was in our favor or in, in the governor's favor, either way. Well, that court case came out this week, and guess what? Every single 
Najee Bashir has ever done has been declared illegal officially by the courts. I thought we were going to win this case. I, I thought perhaps, though, there'll be some factors that Andy Bashir will probably get, but we'll get most of them. Well, I'm here to tell you that this ruling came down officially, that the court has said everything Andy's ever done is illegal. Let me read for you now what the court actually ruled. These are the words of the official ruling. Quote, all actions taken by Andy Bashir and all emergency orders imposed are unconstitutional, void, and without any legal effect. Sweet vindication. Absolutely everything. Illegal, unconstitutional, void, and without any legal effect. If your business is right now being suffering because Andy Bashir said you had to wear a mask, nobody in the entire state has to wear one anymore, regardless if you had the vaccine or if you have had it. If he has said your business has to be limited on how many people can be in there, that has been ruled illegal. Pack the place out tonight and celebrate. Pass out these little horns and I might show it myself. And Bashir has been ruled against on everything. It says repeatedly, all things he has done, none of them are legal, all without any effect at all right now. This is a tremendous ruling. I didn't think we were going to get absolutely everything. Now, this is not the only court case that is coming up. On June the 11th, the Kentucky State Supreme Court hearing a case that has to do with Governor Bashir's emergency powers. Not these individual ones which he has done already. This court just invalidated all of those. This court case before the Kentucky Supreme Court has to do with three pieces of legislation that the Kentucky General Assembly passed this year, which would say the governor, if he declares a state of emergency, that that can only exist for 30 days, and after that it has to be approved by the legislature. And it just has to do with emergencies in general, not this particular one. So this case coming up would not be able to invalidate this ruling that we have just received. Absolutely all of his mandates have been thrown out the window. Now, I find it very interesting that within one day of the court case about all of his emergency powers and the legislation that would restrict his powers from this point on, he decided he's going to officially remove all the mandates the next day anyway. Now, why would he do that? I'll tell you exactly why he did this. I mentioned this a few weeks ago because he knows he was going to rule the, lose the case that I just referred to, and he also knows he's going to lose the case that's coming up. So he's trying to pull like a Hillary Clinton idea. Remember what Hillary did during the Benghazi trials? Uh, she had been found uh, causing all of these problems. We'd had Americans who had repeatedly asked for help, for more security, for evacuation, and none ever came. And what did Hillary do? She banged her fist on the desk in front of Congress and said, what difference does it make now anyway? That's the exact same trick that Andy Bashir is trying to pull. Well, I was going to get rid of all the mandates this week anyway, so why does it matter? It matters a great deal because this ensures that you can't do this again in the future, sucker, because it's already been ruled illegal. And by the way, since the courts have now officially ruled that everything he did was illegal to begin with. Every single person who lost their job, every single business owner that lost their business or suffered, I hope you personally sue Andy Bashir because nothing he ever did was legal to begin with and he should be liable for all of these
these problems and anguish that he has caused. Well, let me tell you a little bit about this ruling. If you would like to read this ruling, then you just go to the description in this video. I have a link to it. I think it's about 30 pages long, a lot of legalese. Feel free to read it, but let me sum it up for you here. It starts off with making a list of the offenses that Andy Bashir has committed. If you actually read the Declaration of Independence, that's the same thing the Founding Fathers did against King George and all of his mandates. You ever read the Declaration? I believe it lists 26 offenses where King George had mandated this and decreed that, and they said, listen, we had enough of this. We're declaring war on you. That's the same thing that happened in this case. Let me give you a list of few of the offenses that this court case cites. Notice the first one mentioned. It says he, referring to Andy Bashir, ordered the closure of churches and houses of worship. And of course, that is illegal. That is specifically protected under the Kentucky and federal constitutions. Listed another some of his offenses. It says the governor prohibited citizens from peaceably assembling for the purpose of petitioning a redress of those grievances, but allowed and even joined assemblies for other causes. Now, let's do a little review of this. So back in May of last year, May the 2nd, I held this big rally. We had 1,700 people show up. We called it the Kentucky Freedom Rally, saying we have a right to speak, and we took him to court, and Andy Bashir again had the courts rule against him on a second court case saying you are violating the freedom of speech, the freedom for the redress of grievances, uh, the freedom of assembly. And so that's a second case where he was found guilty of breaking the law. So don't let anybody tell you, Andy Bashir, you just had policy differences and he didn't break the law. I've already cited two separate court cases that said he did break the law. There was a court case in November of last year where the Kentucky Supreme Court said, well, what Andy's doing is legal. Keep this in mind. The Kentucky Supreme Court did not handle those issues handled by those federal court cases. And so that's a separate issues they were dealing with. And even if it was the same issue, the Kentucky Supreme Court does not have the authority to override the federal cases. So yes, he is guilty of breaking the law on multiple occasions, and nothing was done as a repercussion for that. And then what else? It says that the governor went and joined other assemblies and protests. What is that referring to? Well, it's referring to this picture right here, just a week or so after the Kentucky Freedom Rally. He went out and joined a BLM rally, and you'll see here he is holding hands with an elderly person, his mask pulled down. Aren't the elderly supposed to be the ones most susceptible to the virus? Uh, he's not social distancing. He's not wearing a mask, violating all of his mandates for other people. But he says, it's okay for me to be at a protest. It's okay for me not to wear a mask. It's okay for me not to social distance. But you freedom people, you're not allowed to do it. So again, the courts ruled what you are doing is illegal. But let's read some of the other offenses that they recount. They say he prohibited travel and decreed these uh, those daring to travel across state lines in violation of his order must quarantine for 14 days. 
there was yet another federal court case last year that said what you are doing is illegal, it is unconstitutional, it violates both the state and federal constitutions, and he was again in yet another federal court case had been cited for breaking the law. When someone breaks the law, what do you call them? I think that's called a criminal. They've been found guilty now four times <laughs> over in different court cases. It cites another one of his offenses. He ordered all citizens to remain at home unless engaged in a pursuit deemed by the government to be essential for life. I'm here to say if you your job is what allows you to eat, to sleep indoors, to, to keep your house or your car, then every single job is essential. And how dare Andy Bashir say anybody's job is not. There's one more it says here. He ordered hospitals and doctors to cease providing any health care, including surgeries, thereby prohibiting the people from access to procedures such as cancer screenings, dental care, and physical therapy. That is huge. We had all kinds of people who had medical problems that could not get care because Andy Bashir ordered that to stop. Probably caused far more deaths than it actually prevented. So those are some of the offenses that were cited. And of course, in every court case, you'll have some expert witnesses to testify. I want to share with you some of these expert witnesses that are found in this ruling. The first one is this wonderful lady by the name of Dr. Mary Rutherford. Now, the Andy's uh, attorneys, they wanted to say, this lady's not qualified to be an expert, and they tried to have her uh, banned from being able to testify. And isn't that something that we see the liberals do a lot? If I don't agree with you, if you even raise questions about what I'm decreeing, I'm going to ban you. You're not even be allowed to raise questions. That's why some weeks I'm on and some weeks I'm banned because YouTube and Facebook don't even like people raising questions. Same thing with Andy's attorneys. However, the judge said, no, I think this person is qualified. Let me read you some of the qualifications of Dr. Mary Rutherford, who was an expert witness in this case. She is, first of all, a board-certified medical doctor. She earned her master's degree in public health at John Hopkins University, one of the most prestigious ones in the nation. She had worked with Dr. Fauci for nine years. She had worked for years at the National Institute of Infectious Diseases and three years at the National Institute for Health. She is also the chairperson of the American Academy of Family Physicians right now. This means that Dr. Mary Rutherford is not only qualified, she is one of the absolute most qualified people in the entire planet to testify on this. Notice some of the testimony which is cited in this case from Dr. Rutherford. She said that she studied infection rates, hospitalization rates, and death rates of places that had uh, strict restrictions because of COVID-19 and those who did nothing. And she said that lockdowns did nothing to stop infection rates, hospitalizations, or mortality rates, the number of people who all died from COVID-19. All these things the government did, did zero to impact the spread of the virus. It, she goes on to say that lockdowns were, quote, superfluous and ineffective, end quote. So this is one of the most qualified people in the entire world saying these lockdowns did nothing 
to change the course of the virus, it actually hurt more than it ever helped. But she was not the only expert. Let me give you one more. Uh, this is Mr. Stephen Petty, and uh, he is a certified industrial hygienist. His, basically, his job is to make sure that infectious diseases and, and other things are not in the workplace, and he's uh, doing with the specific things to help protect against that. He holds nine patents on personal protective equipment. We heard that term a lot, PPE, personal protective equipment. He has been the expert witness in more than 400 court cases that have to deal with in, uh, infectious diseases. So this is, and the other side didn't even try to decertify him. They're like, yeah, yeah, he's an expert. Notice what his expert testimony says, quote, the six-foot distancing rule and mask mandates are wholly ineffective at reducing the spread of the virus, end quote. He's like, this six-foot rule did absolutely nothing. He said wholly ineffective, completely, totally. The idea that I'm going to die at six feet, but at six and a half or seven feet, I'm fine. I mean, that didn't even pass the common sense test. He goes on to say this, again, absolute expert that even Andy Bashir's attorneys agreed, yes, he is a super qualified expert. He said this in the case, and it's you can read it for yourself, quote, masks are worthless because they are not capable of anything as small as COVID-19 aerosols. Masks do not even qualify as PPE, end quote. Something that I've been talking about and several other liberty-minded people for a year and a half now saying that the little particles of COVID-19 pass right through a mask, they're not respirators, and it does absolutely nothing, which is why I repeatedly will show different mask manufacturers, and they put right on their box saying this will do nothing to help uh, prevent COVID-19. Does it help you? Doesn't help anybody else. Let me give you one more quote from this expert. Quote, mask wearing provides no benefit whatsoever, either to the wearer or others. End quote. You can read all of this on page 17 of this 30-page ruling. So we have here the experts saying, listen, social distancing did nothing. Mask wearing did nothing. And they go on to cite states like Florida and South Dakota that either didn't shut down or opened up a lot quicker than we did. And that with none of the lockdowns like we had, and their numbers are actually better than Kentucky's with all of those restrictive lockdowns and mandates. All of these things did nothing. In fact, it made it worse. Sweet, sweet vindication. Oh, happy day. I do want to give you a little bit of bonus information this week, and that is about vaccinations. I'm getting a lot of people around Kentucky asking me, my, my school is saying I have to take it. They're mandating it. My employer is saying I'm required to take, uh, I'm mandated to take the vaccine or they're going to fire me, lay me off, whatever. That is illegal. Number one, Senate Bill 8, which was passed into law this year in Kentucky, specifically bans any institute of Kentucky, that would include public schools, from mandating the vaccine. So if you don't want to, all you have to do is say, hey, I don't want my kid to get it, and any government institution is specifically forbidden in Kentucky from mandating this. After all, because it is experimental. And that is why, also, there is a specific federal law which forbids 
anyone, whether it's a government institution or a private institution or company, a school, it forbids anyone from mandating or requiring you to take an experimental vaccination, an experimental treatment at all. And if they fire you because of this or forbid you from going to school, you can sue the pants off of these people. The Liberty Council is a legal firm which has been doing this across the country with great success. And, of course, the liberal media doesn't want to let you know that that is happening. And if you're curious about what this law is, it is U.S. Code, Title 21, Chapter 9, Subsection V, Part E, Subsection 360BBB-3. And I have a link to this U.S. federal law in the description of this video. How's that for documentation for you? So, Andy Bashir, everything you ever done is illegal. You don't have to take the vaccination. Your kid doesn't have to. And if anybody says you do, sue the pants off of them. And uh, one last thing before we leave today is uh, I am going to be hosting what I Hallelujah. call the that's Great good, Kentucky good. Shootout. Come on, Kentucky. It's going to be held on June the 26th. Hallelujah. Eastern at the Sugar Creek. Hallelujah. 33 Perry Rogers Road in Lancaster. That happened yesterday. We're going to have prizes. <coughs> right. Uh, we've been well, sponsored while, while by we're in here enjoying God. And uh, Mingua See? Beef Jerky. They're going to have all kinds of prizes, See? raffles, See? Uh, gift certificates for the winners Hallelujah. of the shootout. The event is free. Now you Flor if you want to enter the shootout contest, just $20. understand that your extended family been living under that mess for a while. So, uh, you know, that's why we shouting. Hopefully you're shouting with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles again tonight to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Hallelujah. I'm happy. I'm so happy. Praise the Lord. Victory is sweet. Hallelujah. Our springboard verse for this camp meeting has been Deuteronomy 4.24. Let's all say it out loud together. Ready? Read. For the Lord God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Now, we discovered not only is he the Lord thy God, and we found out the Lord means he's the harv that's the harvesting side of God. He's the Lord of the harvest, right? So when you read the Lord in the Bible from now on, you, ought, you need to recognize talking about harvest. That's why... When he says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say, what's he up to? He's up to harvest. See, he's got, some, he's got an agenda. And then we looked at the consuming fire, right? How you and I, uh, this word is more than ink on, a, on paper. It's fire. It's fire. And you have you, your, your new creation being is fire it's consuming fire 
and we found out that God's consuming fire is his power to create. He creates with fire. See, that's how, that's how he is. That's how we are. He gives us power to create wealth. And so we have uh, an, a better understanding of who we are when we understand who he is. And so we found out uh, that he's a jealous God. And Exodus 34 lets us know that his name is jealous. I was uh, uh, telling Pastor Jonathan he's got this big names of God out here in the hallway. I didn't see jealous on it. You know, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, picture and all that. But see, that's how in the dark we are as people of God to the reality that God is a jealous God. And then we found out in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, that it says, uh, the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth, he said, uh, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you, right, a chaste virgin to Christ. So uh, we have to become presentable to Jesus as his bride. And we looked at uh, how uh, Isaac, when he was, uh, when it was his time to have a bride, we saw how in the book of Genesis chapter 24, how uh, the steward there equipped her to make her presentable. And uh, 10 camels worth of, of uh jewels and raiment and so on and so forth and and uh you know it doesn't it doesn't say that she came from a poverty stricken family but she was about to marry in to the richest family on the planet and you and I are about to connect with the most royal royal family in the universe, and God wants us presentable. And, you know, there's a lot of Christians, listen to me. You see, you guys are special because you can handle this kind of teaching. There's a lot of people that they, they can't get past their electric bill. They, they, you, you talk about, uh, you know, living extravagant, and they, they just put up, you know, like uh, a, a wall. And they say, see, you've gotten over in degree. How about growth? See, to whom much is given, much is required. And, uh, you know, when uh, the Lord gave out the five talents and the two talents and the one talent, right? And, and uh, the five and the two went out and doubled it. He didn't come back and chew them out said, well done, see? And so you and I are not supposed to be just hanging on. We're not, we're not supposed to be just surviving. We're not supposed to be just waiting for over yonder. I was raised in an over yonder church, and, and, you know, things were tough. You know, our house 
uh, caught on fire when I was in second grade and, uh, you know, burned up. And uh, Daddy went from uh, paying cash for everything to now in debt. And uh, now I'm, uh, you got people bringing clothes over to our house, and I'm wearing secondhand clothes. And and uh, I, uh, my brother went to Vietnam, so uh, I'm the only boy at the house, and with five girls, and those girls learned to work just like I did. And uh, Dad had to go from day shift to second shift so he could come home and try to rebuild this house uh, because we had no insurance, and uh, it just devastated my parents and so I was raised in that and uh, you know it does something in your psyche when you are raised in lack when you're raised in uh, just getting by when you got a bag of clothes and you're digging through them to see if anything fits you and you know if it ain't got no holes in it or whatever you got hand-me-downs you know and so on and so forth and, uh, man, praise God that, you know, my, my parents, you know, they, they did all they knew to do. And, and uh, you know, and we never had a new car. We, we you know, just uh, school clothes was always a trying time, you know. And, and, and uh, you know, when you came home, you get out of them clothes because, because you know, it's all you getting. And when you're raised that way, eat everything on your plate. You know, and when you're raised that way, then you got to be careful uh, that you don't carry that into uh, what God wants to do in your life as far as a presentation. The thing with cleaning up your plate. Man, I mean, years ago, the Lord started dealing with me. Why are you eating all that? Well, I was taught to eat all that. So you eat all that. You're not hungry anymore. You're just stuffing it down because you're trained, conditioned for that. And so you guys are a special group of people uh, because uh, God can release into you. He don't have a whole lot to choose from. In that prophecy, he said that his eyes are uh, looking for those that will work with him. You know, he's got a lot of family but not a lot of family that'll work. You know that one family member that won't work? But they show up. They show up when it's meal time, but they won't work. <laughs> yeah, that family member. God got all kinds of them. See? And... Uh, God don't like lazy. When he called people into the ministry, they were all working. Every one of them, see? And so uh, I don't tolerate lazy. I tell my I tell my staff, if nothing else, look busy. If I come walking in the church, look busy. And I'm always I'm always poking around at him. I'll call I'll call Tiffy and. And it'd be one o'clock in the afternoon, and and I'll say, is is Desnor awake? I'm always saying things like that. Why? I want to keep us on our toes. I got, I, I you know, I don't, I, I don't. We don't punch a clock. We don't, you know, I don't oversee them. I don't, I, you know, I don't. As far as overseeing, they they pretty much 
they pretty much are on, on, on their own, and they gotta they gotta have their own good work ethic because I work. Just because I ain't at church don't mean I ain't working. I'm working, right? And so I expect that kind of uh, work ethic, right? And so uh, God does too. See, and uh, in all this, He is letting us see a side of Him that we're ready for. We're ready for this. See, we're ready for this jealous side of God. And uh, I, I, when when I was standing over there, and we're, we're in that place, and he and he said, "Explosion." That's what happens when my jealousy shows up. There's an explosion that happens. Well, that, I mean, we could we could just dismiss right that right there with that revelation. We're not, but you understand what I'm saying. That's a powerful word from God that God wants to explode in our in in life uh, in in our lives. But He needs us to understand. Look, you know how many Christians don't know that Jesus is a healer. And they'll go through, they'll die of cancer, they'll die of kidney disease or whatever it may be, giving God glory that, that they've been selected to suffer for him. They do not know Jehovah Rapha. You understand what I'm saying? <coughs> same thing in prosperity, right? Well, same thing with jealous. See? And so God is revealing this to us in 2021 because of all that he has prophesied, all that he has uh, told us uh, to prepare for, all that we've sown for, all that we've stood for, all that we've uh, been believing for in his master plan. He, If you go through Scripture, and, and just study out jealousy because I, I don't have time to do it in four meetings, you'll find out that it's the jealousy of God that just drives the enemy clean out of the picture, explodes them right out of the picture, right? Now, uh, we looked last night at getting our bicycle back. <laughs> All right? Getting our bicycle back. But now I want to... I want to just believe that you're digesting this. And uh, I want to just really get where we're going tonight because of the time. And uh, and because mom is agreeing with me. Don't turn there for mom's sake. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, hon. I'm with you. I've been with you. Isaiah 42, don't turn there. Verse 13, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. Remember that? And he shall stir up jealousy like a man of war, and he shall cry, yea, roar, he shall prevail against his enemies. Now, I brought out last night, not only does God stir himself up, but think about it. 
if you're jealous already, you already stirred up. See, what we've been what we've been dealing with is uh, in the Word of Faith camp in which we belong is we see promises of God and know that God wants us to live better and that we can sow and seed for that and we can believe that we receive that and uh, out of an earnestness of desire we can obtain that. But we didn't know about jealousy. We didn't know about jealousy. See, the closest we got to it was the mad anointing. Remember that? The mad anointing. And, you know, we were tapping all around it back then. But God needs you and I to get stirred up as men of war, as women of war. We got to get stirred up with jealousy. Jealous. Now, we found out in the book of Joel, I think it's chapter 2, verse 18, that God is jealous for his land. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, right? And so I brought out that everything that we have, that chair that you're sitting on, the clothes that you're wearing, everything that we have on this planet, the car you drive and the house you're living in comes from the land. It comes from the land. So when it says that he's jealous for his land, it's all-inclusive. All-inclusive, right? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people, right? And so when when we're seeing that uh, he stirs up jealousy, he's not just talking about himself, Edwin. He's talking about stirring us up, Right? Getting us stirred up. Anybody stirred up besides me? See, I'm not talking about, you know, just the charismatic shout. I'm talking about down inside, you're sensing some kind of change that's going on in these meetings Then in this uh, something way beyond even a righteous indignation, but a jealousy. And, you know, I brought out when you're jealous, just in the natural when you're jealous, you're always thinking about what, what you're jealous about. Right? You always got what you're jealous about on your mind. See? And if God can get us jealous about our houses upgrades, our vehicle upgrades, our <coughs> ministry upgrades, the, the, the property upgrades, and and, and get jealous for these things instead of just believe I receive. See, are you following what I'm saying? Now, believing you're receiving is important. And you can, and you can uh, 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 reap that way. We've done it for years. But God is showing us, I believe, an answer to the suddenlies. To the acceleration. Are you following? See? And uh, when you're stirred up in jealousy, you're constantly thinking about what you're jealous for. Right? Okay. Uh, again, don't, don't, don't turn here. Uh, we're going to get in the Bible here in a minute. But, well, we're already in the Bible, but... 
Nahum 1-2, put it up on the screen for me in the King James. Nahum 1-2 says this. God is jealous, and the Lord, now this is what happens. Notice it says God is jealous. Now we shift gears to the harvester. The Lord revenges. The Lord revenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. Now look at this in uh, the, the TLB, the Living Bible. Do you have that back there, Kirkland? All right, put it up there, please. God is jealous over those he loves. Do you feel loved? Let me let me let me let me, let me uh, interject. Is that is that the right word? Interject this. Whoo, glory to God. Interject. I get around these articulation gifts. It gets on me. So the Bible says, Pauline, that faith worketh by love. Doesn't it? Galatians 5, 6. That faith worketh, that word worketh in the Greek is energio. It's energized by love. Certainly for our faith to work, we can't be in strife with everybody. Right? We got to have our love walk. Right? But there's another side of that. Knowing that God loves you makes your, it energizes your faith. Come on, somebody. I know that he loves me. You go all the way through the book of John. I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. Come on. Jesus loves me. This I know for the B-I-B-L-E tells me so. Right? And when you know, I'm talking about not that you know that the Bible says that, but you know. See, I know my wife loves me. I know Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kimberly love me. I know when they say they love me, they're not making that up. They're not saying words. I know that they love me. It's not, there's not a question about do they love me. I know I'm loved by them. And I might include you somewhere. Y'all love me? That's the right answer. Most of the time. But now watch this. When you know you're loved, it energizes your faith. God's not going to let me fail. Come on now. He ain't going to let me fail. Why? He loves me. See? This is a covenant God, and he's jealous for me. He's jealous for you, right? Now, the Living Bible says that God is jealous over those he loves. That is why. That is why. That is why. You want to know the reason why? You want to know the reason why I got favor? You want to know the reason why I be driving good, living good? You want to know the reason why 
It's not because my Bible's different from your Bible. It's not because I got a higher education than you do. This is why I know he loves me. I'm not talking about that little daddy, daddy, the, 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 the goofy people out there, daddy, daddy. I ain't talking about that. See, God is jealous over those he loves. That is why. Look out, devil. He don't love you. I got mercy. You ain't got no mercy, devil. I got forgiveness. You ain't got that. And devil, I got his image. You ain't got that. <laughs> I know you won't be like the most high, but you ain't like that. But I'm like the most high. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving through here right now. You're like the most high God. You're in your father's image, and he can't stop thinking about you. He's got plans to prosper you, plans for your success, plans for your new house, plans for your new car, plans for your debt-free living, plans for your property, plans for your business, plans for your children, plans for your marriage, plans for your health. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You stepped in here. <laughs> Shouted, He loves me. He fights for me. He's jealous for me. Shout about it.
You know what's happening in here? A love explosion! There's an explosion of God's love in the house! Okay, sit down, sit down. You got your bicycle back, don't you? Sit down. <laughs> Let me flip over here and see if this makes any sense right now. Yeah, Ezekiel 36. Mm, 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 mm. 
<laughs> Properties. Properties. What's in the air? Properties. Ezekiel 36, verse 1. Also, Philip, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith who? Who's that? He's the harvester. Thus saith the harvester God, because, because the enemy has said against you, aha, 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 even the ancient high places are ours in possession. We have it all. Therefore prophesy and say. Did you catch that? Not just prophesy. Once it's prophesied, you keep saying it. I hope you're hearing this. Prophesy and say, Thus saith the harvester God. Here we go again. With another because. Because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side that you might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen. And you are taken up in the lips of talkers and are an infamy of the people. Who them folk think they are down in the corner at the corner church? And they're shouting, running the aisles. Who do they think they are? They ain't, they ain't. Bunch, bunch, bunch of people, weak people that need, need a Bible crutch and they ain't, they ain't never going to mount nothing, you know, and yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but we got a jealous God. Therefore prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that you might be a possession under the residue of the heathen, and you are taken up in the lips of talkers and are an infamy of the people. Therefore, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the harvester God. Thus saith the harvester God to the mountains, to the hills, to the rivers, to the valleys, to the desolate waste, to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. He ain't leaving nothing out. Therefore, thus saith the harvester God, Surely, 
Now, that's a covenant term. Whenever you see the word surely, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. Surely, it's a sure thing. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it? Will he not do it? Come on, somebody. Surely, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken. Now, this is a different ball game. He is speaking out of the fire of his jealousy as the harvester God, and he's talking about land. I hope somebody's getting this thing. Hey, hey, hey. Even the old possessions talks about the old estates. Wealth that has been in the family, those sinner families for years. Well, they talk a big, big talk down there at that little church. Uh, ain't going to stay a little long. Because we do talk big. We have a big God. Come on now. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire Oh, now, now, see, the Holy Ghost puts these words in there. He watches over his word to perform it. All, all scriptures, God, well, what does he breathe? Fire. See? You still here? Should I stop? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen, and against all Idumea, which have appointed my land into their possession. Now, God don't care who name on the deed. He don't care how it's registered at the courthouse. Catching this? Is he saying, my land? My land. <laughs> Boy, I don't know if I can go on. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen, against all Idumea, which have appointed, which have appointed my land into their possession with the joy of all their heart, with despiteful minds to cast it out for prey. 
prophesy, therefore. Somebody got to open up their mouth and prophesy, and once it's prophesied, somebody got to say what's being prophesied. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And I'm telling you, properties. Properties. Lands. Acreage. Well, I don't know. I ain't got enough money to buy nothing. We ain't talking about you buying anything. It's God's land, and you're his kid, and you're the bride for his son, and he wants to make you presentable. Boy, we about to see that powerful scripture. Man shall give into your bosom. Remember now, remember, this is our Lord God who is a consuming fire, who is a jealous God. This is not you by yourself, your faith by yourself your seed by yourself. I'm a faith preacher. God told me I want you to teach my people faith. But I'm telling you, if you can put faith, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and if you put, have faith in God, what kind of God? A jealous God. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give good gifts to his children? Every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God wants to pour out blessings on his children. Somebody shout somebody. Prophesy and say. I'm prophesying. You say it. I said, I'm prophesying. You say it. Properties. Properties. 
lands, houses, buildings.
7 through 11. Ezekiel 36, verse 7 through 11. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I have lifted up mine hand. Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. But ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel. For they are at hand to come. For behold, I am for you. And I will turn unto you, and ye shall be tilled and sown. And I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, even all of it, and the cities shall be inhabited and the waste shall be builded and I will multiply upon you man and beast and they shall increase and bring fruit and I will settle you after your old estates and will do better unto you than at your beginnings. Say and, I will, and I will settle you after your old estates and will do better unto you than at your beginnings. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. Lift your hands all over this room. Just worship the Lord right now. Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Come on, worship Him in this place. Come on, just declare, Lord, I receive that. I receive that. I receive that word tonight. I receive that prophetic word. I will speak. I will confess. I agree with your word tonight for my life. I agree with your plans for my life. I agree, I agree with your plans for your people, oh God. Your plans, your plans are enduring to all generations. Oh, we are in that generation. We are receiving your plans, what you've always planned for us, what you saw fit before the beginning of the world. Thank you, Father, 
that, God, you're causing us to possess our possessions. You are causing us to possess our possessions, oh God. Oh, you will do us better than at the beginning, oh God. Better than at the beginning, oh God. Hallelujah. Possessing even older states, older states, older states. What has always belonged to us, what you've always chosen for us, the glory of all lands, the best of all lands, properties, possessions, buildings, lands, territories, regions. Hallelujah. We receive right now. We speak it. We speak it, land comes to us, buildings come to us, properties come to us, possessions come to us, estates come to us, oh, they come to us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We agree with you, Father. We believe in you, the Lord our God. We are established, and we believe you're prosper, your prophets, and we will prosper. We will receive. We are receiving. We thank you. We thank you. Come on, give God thanks right now. Come on, give God thanks right now. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your jealousy. We thank you, Lord, for your jealousy. We thank you for the fire. We thank you for the fire. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We receive right now. We receive right now. Hallelujah. Thank you. It's done. It's done. It is so. It is so. It is so. Oh, Lord, our God, consuming fire, the jealous God. We step into your master plan. We step into your master plan. Father, thank you. You told us that your eyes were going to and fro. Thank you that you have found ones that you have chosen that have come into agreement with you, Lord, to receive. Thank you that in this place, this week, you have found hearts ready, minds ready to receive such a life-changing word, to receive the outpouring of what you have planned. Father, we thank you for how you've used our man of God to release to us and speak into us and you Lord through the word have gotten us stirred up like you're stirred up oh God to receive what you are ready and been waiting to release to us God strengthen him strengthen him with might by your spirit and in his inner man Strengthen his outer man. Let him be strong in you in the power of your might. And God, let him be the first partaker of the fruit. 
the first partake of the fruit. That everything that God you have planned for him and Mama Alberta and Faith Victory Church, that God it all comes rushing in. Rushing in. Quickly. Quickly accelerated. Accelerated possession. And thank you that we all who've been receiving this word even as we acted in faith and sowing into it, sealing that word tonight, putting some actions to our faith. Thank you, Father, that we've received fully all that you have for us. We bless your name tonight. We thank you that God, by the move of your spirit, you have done, done a work in us so that we can have our hearts enlarged to receive the fullness of what you're saying and what you are doing. Thank you, Father. We thank you in advance for the testimonies. <laughs> that before this year is out, before this year is out and this year of judgment, good for the righteous. Thank you, Father. God's testimonies will go forth. We'll be calling back and forth between Frankfurt and St. Petersburg and Frankfurt and St. Petersburg. And did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear this? Did you hear that? What you got, what you did for this one and that one and that one, this one over here. And thank you for the testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for linking us together. And Lord, that this big group of people like precious faith, thank you for what you've been able to do in this atmosphere. Tonight we bless you, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. What a joy it is to be your children. What a joy it is to be loved by you. We want you to know, Father, we love you too. Come on, just tell him tonight just you love him. Lord, we love you too. We love you. We love you. We love you. We give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, you believe it's all done, give God one more big shout of praise tonight in this place.